Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Two Black Two Nerdy Podcast. I'm your host Chris, and I'm your host Chris. And today um, we have a really special topic for you guys with an amazing panel. We're going to be talking about um, race and dating and relationships. So, um, Chris, you can go ahead and introduce the panel, and we can go ahead and get started. Yeah. So, uh, like Chris said, we're talking about you know race and dating and uh, relationships. And we're also going to talk about uh, the fetishization of the black body. Um, This is a really important topic and happy accident. Yesterday was Loving Day, which was a Supreme Court case that 53 years ago, uh, you could not make a law that said you cannot date someone based on or marry someone based on their race. That was only 53 years ago. And I'm pretty sure most of our parents are of the age where they grew up during that time period, if not you know, our grandparents were in, around our age now. So uh, it's still a relevant issue today. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to do this topic was during these protests for George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, there have been signs where, uh, from what I've seen, primarily white women have been making signs that read like, I read one that said BBC matters, um, one that said stop racism, I want to have mixed kids, uh, and things of that nature. So that sort of fetishization of, you know, being with a black person and trying to combat racism that way, I guess, you know, people say have mixed kids, that ends racism, but yeah, that, that doesn't work there. Um, so for this panel, uh, I have friends from all, uh, different parts of my life. So we're going to start off with Cody to introduce herself. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry, yes. Um, so I just to give a little bit of information about myself, um, I am multiracial. My dad is black and Native American, and my mother is Israeli and French. Um, so culturally, um, on my father's side, um, you know, we don't know too much about our Native American side, so definitely our black culture prevails. Um, so that's why I feel like I'll have pretty good insight on the questions that you'll be asking today. Thanks, Cody. Deja. Hello, everyone. Deja, um, and I am unapologetically black. And I actually have dated a white man before. So I feel like this will definitely be an interesting topic, and I can't wait to join. Misha. Hi, so my name is Misha, and I have definitely dated and mingled outside my race quite a lot. Um, In fact, my last boyfriend was British and white, so definitely got some things to say on that. Thank you. Maisha. Hello, I am Maisha. I am also unapologetically black. I have not dated outside my race, but I have been interested in people outside of my race. I also come from a family that has no problem with interracial dating and interracial marriage. And a lot of my closest cousins are actually biracial. So I think I have a little to offer, not necessarily a insight from myself, but definitely from some of my family members. Last but not least, Terrell. Hey, y'all. Um, I am also on the unapologi- 
unapologetically black train um, and have also dated outside of my race quite a bit so can speak to what that's like how it all the things that come with it but also um, the way family handles it as well all right so we're going to get into it we have uh, eight questions today and so uh, they all deal with sort of a range of topics within this umbrella. The first one will be growing up, what were some of the ways you were treated differently by crushes or significant others um, because of your race? Whoever wants to jump in or I'll do volunteer or victim. I'll um, say volunteer I could, victim. Okay, I, I was going to say I could probably take that. Um, for me, I think I I got it from both sides, um, from black men and not the fetishization. Um, black men who, um, like I had a crush on or I was talking to when I was younger, um, as we started getting into high school, I think um, they started feeling more pressure from their parents to kind of date within our race, so date only black women. And uh, they might have previously been dating like you know, you know, white girls or whatever. And so with me, um, they were kind of able to show their parents, since I'm obviously white passing, um, that they were able to be like, oh, you know, mom, look, you know, here's, the, I'm still dating a black girl. And, you know, but then still, I knew I was like fitting into their quote unquote, like white girl mold. mold. So that would really, you know, kind of bother me because I felt like I was just fitting into kind of, um, a stereotype or something that they were trying to appease their parents with. So for me, most of the people that I've dated, and it hasn't been that many, they've all been black, but the first encounter that I had was somebody that I was attracted to who wasn't black. Wasn't until high school when I moved out to Gross Point and I went to Gross Point North and um a lot of my counterparts were not black and the first guy that I was into he wasn't into me because I because of who I was he was into me because he was a curious white boy and he had never dated a black girl he wanted to see what the hype was and it was just I, I felt I was insulted because he was I thought he was a cool dude like we started off as friends I thought he was a cool dude but he was really just trying to figure out if dating a black girl was worth it or should he just stick to dating white women yeah, I so growing up for me, um, because I grew up in like multicultural but mainly black uh, suburbs and everything. When I was younger, growing up, there just like weren't white guys around or anyone of like really different race that I was just into around because majority was black. But what I um, actually had the most issues with was that a lot of the guys that I liked would make fun of me, even though they were black. They would say that I was dark skinned, and that used to be my issue like growing up with like guys that I liked or whatever it was just like or I also had the outside issue of when I was growing up and I was into guys that were white or Asian or you know anything but black now I'm getting all of this negative criticism from all of my black male friends or I'm getting it you know you just like you start it's it can never just be okay <laughs> someone's always got to have an opinion on it um but like that was what I had was it was either um, the guys that I was into thought I was too dark for some reason. Um, 
and and then when they found that I liked people outside of my race, well, then that became an issue. And then they wanted to get on me about that. And it was like, okay, well, first of all, you just mad because I don't like you, but whatever. So those are that's what I encountered growing up. And then once I got to college, it was just a very different story. No, I feel that um, I very much have always come in the space of being considered a light skin. So I had friends who were shocked when I dated someone in my race because they always said like, oh, we imagine you in and up with a white girl. Like, that's just the that's what we saw. Like, that's how things are. And um, it might not have been overt, but I had a lot of situations with people outside of my race that I might that I was talking to and dating um, kind of coaching me on how they were going to introduce me to the family, right? Like, what's it going to be like when I bring you around? How does this work? And saying things like, oh, my family's a little conservative, so be ready and having those types of conversations while at the same time dealing with the fact that my interest in people of my race was throwing other people off because they assumed, well, he's a light skin. He's obviously going to date somebody who's white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, my thing growing up was I moved to the suburbs like with white people when I was in third grade. And from there on, like I was really weird about having crushes because I felt like I don't know who to crush on. I don't know who I like. And then when I got to junior high and high school, um, I started dating a white boy. But it was weird because I felt like once that happened, other white boys were interested in me because they want to see what it's like to be with a black girl. And I'm like, I, I felt that energy. I knew that's why they wanted to talk to me. I'm like, why all of a sudden, since I'm dating him, you guys want to talk to me when you didn't even look at me before? Or mm-hmm. I was a friend. I was always the funny girl. I was always the girl that they were just cool with. I played sports and I knew sports, so they liked me for that reason. But then as soon as they saw that I could switch and date someone that looked like them, they were like, oh, I want to try. I'm like, what do you mean you want to try? Like, that was just really weird to me. And I think in college i still felt that because i went to a predominantly white college i went to penn state my first experience on frat row a white boy came up to me and was like i've never dated a black girl and i was like congratulations oh that's good right <laughs> so yeah i think that growing up and seeing that that it's just like an experiment for them when it comes mm-hmm. to black women are dating outside their own race so has everyone had an experience where someone was just like, oh, I've never been with, you know, a black woman or a black man before. I've never kissed them or whatever. So has everyone had that experience? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I remember one of the most common things that happened in college for friends that I had made in high school and had in college or friends that I made in college especially uh, from white women, would I would get a text message or a phone call or we were catching up or whatever, and they'd be like, guess what happened the other day? I just kissed the black guy for the first time, and I'm just like, good for you. So like, gross. I hate that. I'm just yeah. like, what's what's the... Why does that matter? Um, yeah, and you're like, am I supposed to pat you on the back or give you a cookie? Like, what? Exactly. Like, do you want to doubt yep. for that? Right? Like... You want a sign that says you kiss a black person? Like, is that what you really want? Like, what? Yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to figure out what's the purpose of announcing it. Like, yeah. Is it supposed to be so mm-hmm. out of the norm that I'm supposed to celebrate you being true with your relationship? 
I feel yeah, like it's no. also like people trying to bond and like, cause you, I feel like we can all say that there's a lot of people that, you know, want to be black and, you know, they yep. try to take from the mm -hmm. culture, obviously. And so, you know, by integrating with our culture somehow, and I guess that's by being with a black man or a black woman, they feel like, you know, more connected to our culture. So that's really, yep. cause that's the only thing I could take away from it. It always felt, felt like, yeah, like it felt like they, that's what, like, like you said, that's what they wanted. Like, they're like, oh, well, if I date them, then like, I'm one of them. And it's like, uh -huh. nope, darling, you're still a white man. Right. And like, you could never. I feel yeah. like they want to be black until it's time to be black. I have a friend that's going through that right now. He's um, a black gay male and he was kind of like rejecting, you know, his blackness. And he had all, you know, didn't have a lot of black friends. And now that, you know, this Black Lives Matter movement is taking off more than ever, he's starting to see his friends be quiet. The friends mm -hmm. that he thought had his back. And, you know, he's starting to come to that hard truth and realize, you know, who's actually been on his team and who's not. Yeah, I, I saw a post on Facebook and this girl was talking about how she was a white girl and she was talking about how she date black men, but just because she date black men doesn't mean she need to speak up for them. And it doesn't matter that she date black men. It ain't her job to, you know, fight for their lives. And she don't really care about none of that. She just wants to date a black guy. And she's like, my sister has black kids. Has, my sister was in a bi uh, interracial relationship. Her kids are biracial, but she doesn't feel the need to speak up on the problems and faith that black men and black women have to face. That's not her job. And I'm just like, so you just want to fetishize you know, us and you want our culture, yep. but you don't actually care about our lives at all. Oh, at all. Point blank. Period. Well, I look at it. That, that's what you said. Were white women who claim that they're with black men. Those are the first people I looked for because I'm saying, like, you want to talk about how you are. Can we get raunchy? Yeah, sure. go for it. Go for it. Absolutely. I'll tell my oh, mom like, not to I, listen. Black dick. <laughs> you don't want to stand up for the black dick that you're having. You don't want to stand up for them. You don't want to talk and speak on their mm -hmm. not even on their behalf, but speak up for them in their life. But you want to take that shit all day. That made me Yo. so mad. You want to fight to say the word nigga because you're dating a black person but you don't want to fight for that same person's life it makes sense to me. Yeah. it makes me so thankful because i mean even on my mom's side they're not really considered white but obviously they're white passing as well but i'm so thankful to have a mom that was always suit like very big on you know remember you are black and these are issues that matter to you and your family and my mom wouldn't even, would never even say the n-word in her life you know what i mean and she has a black child and so i just hearing women speak like that and they have family that are biracial and black is just absolutely disgusting to me mm -hmm. you know i mean i one relationship that i had the and this still sticks to me to this day um she straight up said like oh our skin tones mix so well together and just constantly brought up that image of oh like we we would mix well and this and that and da 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 and to deja's point of like you haven't said anything since we reached this current moment of how people are feeling why black lives matter but you did want to make a point that you thought our skin tones look so perfect together and all of these uh this then and the next like that is how that inner how an interracial relationship 
just happen sometimes and that's just disgusting the more you reflect on it yeah i i don't think i can count the amount of times that i have heard like oh my gosh like you know if we had kids you know like their eyes would be green and they would have like the perfect skin tone and i and i'm just like it that's weird that's weird that like it's one thing to talk about having kids but it's weird to you know date for the purpose of like yeah. race of yeah. breeding to fantasize yeah, what your really children great. are going to look like because you're like oh if i mix with you they're going to have these beautiful eyes but they're also going to have your skin complexion and my hair and this like why are you trying to customize and make your child like that Literally, yeah like yeah. having a child is supposed to be a product of love not because of some you know ideal of what you want your child to possibly look like and it might not even work out like that because of reasoning you know, like that though there were legit photos of like dark skinned babies going around social media with captions that mm-hmm. said because people don't see us beautiful unless we're mixed with something else share these mm-hmm. babies and mm-hmm. it's like you shouldn't have to counteract somebody else's stupidity or ignorance just to show that you can find beauty anywhere and I think it's crazy that pictures like that go we're going around social media like nobody's going to share this baby because it's not a mixed baby it's a dark skinned baby and it's like this is why kids hate their skin colors now mm-hmm. this, this is it right here dark, this is why dark, so many dark skinned kids grow, grow up with such complex like, yeah but this is also literally <laughs> why do they mixed kid has light eyes and pretty hair because like that Yes, a lot of mixed kids turn out that way depending on what they're mixed with, but that's yeah. not happen. Like, and what's pretty to you? Like, why do you need a like a light skinned kid with curly hair? Why can't they have kinky hair? Like, I don't yeah. understand. They yeah. look these and things. it's and people act like by having those features that you don't have any insecurities. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I have immediate family members who are very dark skinned and they make comments to me all the time about the length of my hair, the texture of my hair, and the color of my skin. When little do they know, growing up, I used to sit in tanning beds all the time thinking I want to be black, I want to be darker because I didn't feel, Mm -hmm. you know, that community Mm -hmm. from my own family members. So it's like I still had this, like, you know, insecurities just in other ways, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, like, I have, oh, you can go ahead, Terrell. I was just going to say, let's call it what it is. It's just like designer dogs, like the Kim and Kanye's of this is what we think looks good. So we're going to breed and make a designer version of them. It's it's the same thing. It's the poodles, the Yorkies, all of that. Like, that's the conversation we have right now. And also, so like, because I date outside my race um, a lot, or I'll like talk to guys outside of my race because I just have no problem with that. It's also messed me up to have those people who will like you know there's there's people who will look at your skin tone and be like they'll fetishize it but then you do have people who will look at you and just say you're beautiful and your skin tone is beautiful and it doesn't have a fetish behind it they're just literally like it's beautiful and it's so hard sometimes though to like when you meet someone and they say oh your skin tone is beautiful for you to be like okay now when you say my skin tone is beautiful do you mean as a nubian goddess or like, do you mean that as a person on this earth, my skin tone is, you know, it's just like, it just mm-hmm. makes it so hard. And, you know, it just takes one bad apple to just ruin the bunch sometimes. But, uh, and like, well, I can't, the whole baby thing, like that's just so, and then people act like you can't be dark skin unless you're midnight black and you're a mom. Mm-hmm. And, you're like, and, like, and then for all of us in between that range, it just makes it so hard. It, mm. 
so problematic. <laughs> so we've, we've definitely jumped in and out of this question. Um, but I, I do want to jump ahead to this since we're on this, this area, but do you remember a time where you experienced or witnessed fetishizing because you're black? And oh, absolutely. And yeah. I know one of the things that was really common more in, in uh, college than in high school where like white guys would randomly just be like, how big do you think my dick is? And I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> and they would like try and say their number and they're just like, is that close to yours? I'm like, y'all are They weird. do that to me too. Like saying really? to me all the time. That happens? Yeah. Yes, it does. You became the standard for a while of like, oh, I'm under you. I must not be average or, oh, you black. So you don't really count. Like, I can't use you as a good metric of what my mm -hmm. size is. Like there were, con I still remember through high school, there was a thread of people who were like, well, my number is this. What's yours? And without me saying anything, they would assume I was going to be like, 13, 14. I was like, one, don't put that on me. Two, <laughs> why like why is this a conversation that we are actively having? That is so I've weird. had that conversation, but with women. So yeah, it's a real thing. Like I went to a P I went to uh Michigan State and it's predominantly white. So a great mixture of my friends were white and a lot of them came from pretty white communities. So like those were questions that they asked me. I'm like, one why would you assume that because a guy is black, he has a huge penis? And two, why would you assume that that's just something I'm supposed to know? Like, I'm just out here measuring. Getting, out here getting with guys yeah, and measuring their penis just to make sure right? it's good. Like, I'm not the expert on black penis just because I'm black. Okay. Uh -huh. like, on, on that same tip, Maisha, so I remember one time in high school, I know I told Terrell and Chris this last week, um, uh, we were on the bus back from a game, right? And we're all just talking about random things. And all of a sudden I hear, uh, cause I was a junior. So like all the seniors were in the back of the bus. I hear, Hey Butler. And I'm like the only, I'm one of like three black people on it. They're just like, so is a black girl's vagina pink like a white girl's or is it like brown? And I was, I, I, was I, I don't know how I responded. I don't know if I responded, but it's things like that, that are just, what makes you think that is an okay thing to say? Uh -huh. You know, here's the thing. I understand that everyone has questions. And you want to know these things. But Google is a thing. Mm -hmm. Google is free. Google is absolutely free. I'm sure they already watch porn. Um, and they're, they're like, lucky. Okay. I just, when people ask stuff like that, it just, it gives you so many mixed emotions because why would you ask? And also, like, why? Why would you ask that? I, did, I know, I just feel like those things are, like, totally irrelevant. Like, because I date outside my race freely. I, mm -hmm. I, I never have said, oh, I don't date this or I only date that. Like, you know, if if you find you find like that's it but exactly. you know i've never even had the inclination to go and google what another ethnicity's like penis size is or you know what i mean so when people have those thoughts in their mind that's somebody that i automatically cancel out because we're already on two different spectrums of life yep 
And a lot of these stereotypes that people believe, I mean, a lot of them just straight up come from slavery. Like the stereotype about like black men having big dicks literally comes from slavery. Black men were supposed to be portrayed as like dangerous and animalistic compared to monkeys. You know, it was a way to scare white Mm -hmm. men like, oh, be careful. You know, these black guys will come and they'll steal your wife. So, you know, these stereotypes from slavery, I mean, they're still Mm -hmm. like around. And there's a lot of things like porn and stuff that absolutely doesn't help and will further a lot of these ideas. And unfortunately, it gets into people's consciousness and we have to bear the brunt of it. Yeah. It sucks. It, yep, it, it does. It's, yeah. it, it, and it causes, it just causes so many issues. Okay. So like, I'm in like the BDSM community. So with there being like, dominance and bondage and all that type of stuff i've had guys where like we weren't together or anything or you know it wasn't in person but just talking online on certain platforms or whatever i've had plenty of white guys make comments about my skin tone and like a newbie queen and oh, i've never been with a black girl blah, blah 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 and i've also had those comments from guys to say like oh yeah you want this white dick and it was like well now that you've said that no no i was willing (laughs) until you said that but now absolutely not or i've had guys talk about the way that like their pink dick or something looks against my dark skin it's just like Mm -hmm. like don't don't start there um or like i've had certain guys like if they want me to call them master i'm like yes i was just about to bring that up no i'm like as someone who I'm right there with you as someone who likes the more physical side of those things. Yes. I've had people literally ask, like, is this rooted in slavery? Is like, is that part of why you like certain things happening to you? Like, I oh, feel that wanting to God. wanting to have those type of conversations or like being a part of that community, understanding the dominance versus the submissive people using the submissive is like, is this like slave? Are you like a slave in this situation? Yep understand and it's problematic on so many levels right like literally that problematic on so many levels and you sit there sometimes too and you're just like you don't know what to say and also you're like i don't you get you get so tired of being people's history lesson Mm -hmm. and having to be the one to educate them yeah and like that's why like some people don't understand you know a lot of people that aren't black or like aren't a minority or whatever they just sit there and like well i don't understand why you wouldn't explain it to someone it's like because it's not one person that i have to explain it to like i'm 25 for 25 years i've been explaining to people these things instead of them taking it upon themselves to truly do their own research and it's like that's why i'm tired and that's why i have an attitude is because like this wasn't the first person today to ask me something like you know like, especially when you're in college in this hour to ask me this you were the first person on, minutes ago. Okay? i'm like you're not the first person in this grocery store to ask me something off the wall like that. this reminds me of a conversation we were having first year the day after the election and it was before classes started and we were sitting in the library and we were trying to explain to people oh. why why this was so screwed up that Donald Trump had just yeah. won the presidency. And I was looking at Chris, he was looking at me, he's like, I'm in the look at his face, like I'm just tired of talking to these people. Can we leave now? Bad. <laughs> I I do remember that I got an apology from some of my white friends when Trump got elected. I was just like, I don't know what y'all expect me to do with this. I told y'all. I've got the sappy messages too. White guilt is the worst thing to deal with. I'm so oh my feeling, God. Guilt, isn't it? Feeling like 
I'm sorry this happened to you. I'm sorry this. Like, I understand. But you under- you don't understand what you're putting on me because now I feel like I have mm-hmm. to tell you it's okay or tell you that I mm-hmm. understand when I don't care. Like I'm, I'm not here to make your life easier. I'm just here to make it more colorful. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Like, have y'all seen the picture going around where the parent and the kids had, like, on the shackles and the little mm-hmm. thing oh, yeah. on their neck? And it's like, this is not what we asked for. Please. Or the washing the hair or washing the feet. Washing the feet. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I was just like, yeah. anyway, who asked we for didn't this? Ask this? None of this is changing policy right. that is affecting us every day. It's not changing our healthcare system where okay. when black women are more likely to die given childbirth than their white yes. counterparts. Oh, we, we are getting to that. I mean, mm. none, none of that is... What is this helping? Nothing. Literally that. And I, mm-hmm. I get like... I have I have a, one of my friends right now. She's Jewish, and she's doing she's doing too much. She's that person that's like, we have to be out there pressure. We have to do this. We have to. And it's just like, you're making me tired as a black person who's already tired. And, I you know, will say, I oh, sorry. You. No, can you? Uh, no, Cody. I will say one thing for the, uh, uh, on in the defensive of Jewish people because I'm Jewish as well. I and my roommate, she's Israeli Jewish, and. They, I feel like they just get so passionate about it because in history, Jews were always matching, marching with black people. Mm-hmm. And also we've experienced the Holocaust. So yep. they're like, you know, even more inclined to be like, you know, they don't want to see it happen again. But I do feel the uncomfortability of sometimes when people take it too far. And I'm just like, okay, that's not what we wanted to see. Yeah, and like that's one thing that I've that I've actually appreciated out of these protests and out of what's going on right now is I've had a lot of my white friends check up on me, but I've had them check up in in pure honesty and they're and they've been earnest and I've appreciated that so much. Like I pre- I prefer and appreciate when they reach out to me and they're like, "Hey, I want to help. What what's actually beneficial? What do people of color or minorities like? What's actually going to help you?" And then I got the chance to say like, "Telling me you're sorry doesn't help." Telling some other mm-hmm. black person, sorry, doesn't help. Telling me that as my as your only black friend, you love me, that's nice. But like, I assumed you love me already. We've been friends for five years. Like, you know. Yep. But it's just like when I can say, like, you know what? If I go protest, stand in front of me, be a barrier, or sign these petitions, do that, and then they say okay. Like that's that's what we need. Stop also. Stop getting mad on my behalf. I hate that. Stop saying things are racist on my behalf. Stop saying things are cultural appropriation on my behalf. If I feel that it is not okay, I have no problem saying that it's not okay. I'm not afraid of confrontation. I'll be the angry black woman if I need to. But like, I don't need you to do something on my behalf unless I ask you to. But that's what I've seen like with my one friend who she just happens to be Jewish, but like she has been getting mad on people's behalf. And it's like, as much as like, I appreciate that you're not actually helping because now you're just yelling at this other person in the parking lot. Now they're upset and it's just not helping. Totally, I I think I heard heard a really uh, good example. I forgot where, but it was a black woman explaining, and I've been using this explanation to my friends who are people of color or white. I just explained to them, you are a guest here. So kind of follow black people, like other black people's leads. Like don't try to, you know, like you said, like take the wave and all this stuff, like mm-hmm. kind of just observe and, you know, be mindful. And I think when, if, if we can communicate that aspect of, you know, people being a guest, mm-hmm. that they will, you know, uh, take a better understanding of what their role should be. Yeah, and I, I, I like that. I like that. That like you're a guest here. 
I was uh, in a uh, movement lawyer training to like, you know, uh, pretty much to help lawyers that want to be a part of this, like help them know where their place is. And one of the things is like, your role in this isn't to lead so then that people can become dependent upon your expertise. Your role is to assist, to help bump people up. Yes. And where you know, like, this is your role to jump in, then you jump in and then you back up. Yes. Know your role. I'm yes. I feel like a lot of white people, and not to say that, I don't want to blame them because I feel like it's kind of the mindset that they've been given from everything if they take everything in, but they have the white savior complex. They think that mm-hmm. they, unless they think that they, when we say yes. use your privilege help, we don't mean use your privilege to cut off all of us and start your own little whatever you do. We mean to help get us forward. Mm-hmm. Yes. Put us in spaces where we wouldn't be because we don't have that privilege. Like it's called helping, yep. saving. We don't need you to save us. We need you to stop killing us. I mean, that would be great. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Help aid, not your for you to come in, swoop in and save the day like Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the last podcast. In the last podcast, um, Chris and Chris had, we even had that conversation of like, how do we educate people that the same conversation we have with y'all when you go on your mission trips or your service trips down to Jamaica and take a picture with a black baby, that's what you're doing with this protest. The fact that y'all aren't the centerfold and now you're making our issue about you and like, we want to show up, we want to be there. Do you understand how exhausting that is for the person who can't even turn on the news with out seeing someone of their own community dying. Like, I get it, you want it to be about you. Everything has always been about you, but this is the one time I need y'all to take that back seat for a little bit and let some other people shine. Like there was a, a post going around Instagram that said, I'm not exhausted because of what's happening. I'm exhausted because I'm realizing that for years people didn't see me as a human or see me as a person. They just saw a name or a thing. And now they're coming to the realization that I am a person who bleeds the same way you do. And now they want to care. That's exhausting. That is exhausting. And that's, oh my gosh, that's hitting the head, the nail on the head. That's yeah. I actually saw this sign where it was like, this woman had it at a rally. It said, I'm sorry, I'm late. I had a lot of learning to do. And like part of me, I understand because some people were raised in a way where they really did, they were learning from their parents and they were learning from the whitewash like um, history that we have. But at the same time, we've been telling y'all this for so long. Okay, it's like for so long. Spending that time learning, like, or this time right now learning. Like when people keep telling me, I'm just learning and, you know, sitting back and watching and blah, blah, blah. It's like, Okay, you can actively learn and actively help at the mm-hmm. same time. You can donate, you can sign petitions, do whatever. And then you cannot participate in the racist racism and bigotry and everything. Like there's a way to go about it where you're not where you're actually helping and learning at the same time. Yeah. And it's not it won't be exhausting to us. Yeah. And it's very frustrating when they say things like that. Like I, I just the one thing is a lot of my white friends they're like oh my gosh like I can't believe this like and this has been going on for so long and that's like like to Rosa, like that's exhausting when you have to sit there and you're like yeah I told you that I I told you about how I got stopped by a cop and it was weird or I told you how people looked at me weird and kicked me out of a restaurant or something like that you didn't believe me then like 
he's like, we've been saying this for so long, but like now y'all want to listen and now you want to be a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, no, I'm glad we, you know, talked about that and um, bringing this to um, back to interracial, especially uh, interracial relationships, especially with uh, talking about like the older generation. Um, did your parents have specific talks to you about interracial dating? Absolutely. I know I got those. Misha, yeah, you know absolutely. my parents. Oh, yes, Chris, I know, because your daddy trying to give me talks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, My I dad know. pulled over while we were driving. I think he was driving me back from Kentucky. He pulled over randomly and had the whole, you know, I'm, I would be okay if you dated your friend, right? I went, excuse me, what? <laughs> we're just friends. Like, we, we don't talk like that. I need you to get this. And he was like, well... I just, I just hope you understand, like, if you ever decide to date someone out of the race, like, I wouldn't be offended. I'm just happy that you're happy. It's like, this is, again, a part of the problem. One, because just because I'm friends with somebody who's white does not mean I'm going to end up dating them. But at the same time, like, why is that something that you're thinking about? And then I had a family friend who essentially told me that if I dated someone who wasn't black, she was going to disown me. So, like, I've seen all spectrums of it. And this isn't a thing that's immune to the white folk. We also have some problematic areas rooted in slavery of us being taken apart from each other, us being thrown into a system where you don't find your race attractive. Mm -hmm. And now we have to do the education of, well, I would accept it, but I still kind of want you to date someone mm -hmm. in the race. Yeah, like my parents, my dad has literally said to me, um, and, you know, I know that it wasn't anything malicious. Like, that's the one thing is, like, with my parents, I know that nothing is malicious. They obviously just want to have for me, like, they want the best for me. And they also, they want me to be safe. Um, but, like, my dad has literally said, like, you know, the, these white men, they'll never fully understand you. They'll never fully, like, they'll, they're not going to get what's going on with your life and, like, who you really are. Um, but also, I mean, I've was in a two-year relationship with a white man from England um and like my parents were fine with it but I but I mean there have been times too like it's that underlying thing too even though I know my parents are okay with it there'll be times where I like I'm on a dating app or whatever and I was like I'll just tell my mom like oh you know I've kind of been talking to this guy he's kind of nice and the first thing she's like is he black and you're like why does that matter I thought you didn't care what they were um so <laughs> You know, there there have been like those type of talks, and I've had more talks with my mom because we're just a little bit closer about dating outside of my race because she's her and I are very close. So, and I've been into like K-pop, Korean culture, Japanese culture since I was young, since I went to Japan, and so we've talked about this my whole entire life. So I know where my parents sit on it, um, but it's it's I don't know. It's one of those things where you still always kind of wonder: Are they actually one hundred percent? okay with this you know because i also feel like okay i'm talking to a white guy okay and they're like oh that's fine and you're like okay now i'm dating a white guy like and they're like oh that's cool you're like will they will there ever be a problem though if i decide to marry outside of my race you know so for me i didn't have this talk with my mom simply because i'm closer to my father than i am my mom my mom was more of a my mom was just a really laid-back parent and that's not to say that she didn't raise us to you know be respectful and 
be good natured adults and have direction in life. She was just more of a laid back parent parent when it came to her parents' style. So it wasn't a conversation that I had with my mom, but I knew it wouldn't wouldn't be an issue for my mom because she has been interested in white men or men who are other than black and a lot of her first cousins are in interracial relationships and my sister was in an interracial relationship before I even really was into the dating scene. So I knew it wouldn't be an issue for my mom. As far as my dad, he's always said that he wants me to be with some, well, first of all, my dad has always said that I'm not allowed to marry until I'm 35, but that's because he doesn't right. want me to be an adult. Right. <laughs> he still look at me, he still look at me as his baby. We literally just had this conversation like three hours ago. But more importantly, my dad has never, you know, been like, you can't, I won't accept you if you date or marry a white man. I'm going to disown. He's never been like that. Um, he has said like things like, I don't care who you love as long as they love you and treat you with respect. But I would just prefer that you marry somebody who was black. And he mm -hmm. said that because he, he, he literally said, I want grandchildren with my pretty dark skin because we already have family members who are dark skinned, who don't appreciate the fact that they are dark skinned. And I just want to be able to teach my grandkids something about being a dark skinned person. So it wasn't so much of the fact that he didn't want me to date outside the race, but he, it was more the fact that he wanted, he didn't want me to be uncomfortable with having dark skinned kids or being a darker complexion, even though I, I most people see me as brown skinned, he didn't want it to be an issue of me not being comfortable being a black woman. Um, one thing I'll say too okay. is um, this is just like my opinion. I think a lot of times with black parents, when they're like, like you kind of, you guys kind of um, hinted at this earlier. A lot of parents, you know, parents want their kids to be safe, and they look at everything that's going on around the world. And I think their first instinct is like, I want my kid to be as safe as possible. And in their mind, it's like, well, if you're with someone that's not black you may be opening yourself up to more danger. So I, at least I feel like that's where a lot of that's come from the conversations I've had with my mom and, you know, things of that nature. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, when I was living overseas in England and I was with my boyfriend, I remember my parents asking, I mean, especially like when I first got there, it was my first time meeting them, especially because my boyfriend, his grandparents were straight up from Italy, old school, old small town, barely spoke English. And so my parents were like, hey, are they, you know, treating you right? Are, is everything okay? Are they, do you feel safe? Do you feel comfortable? Are they accepting? Um, so I definitely understand them wanting, truly caring about my safety when it comes to dating outside of my race, because, you know, there've been plenty of horror stories of people dating outside of their race and it not being safe or it being like a setup or a trap. Um, so I, I yeah. get it. I think Get Out freaked him out a little bit too. Yeah, have movies like Get Out affected <laughs> your outlooks on interracial yes. dating? Yes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I watched so that much. Wait, what are we talking about now? The movie Get Out. <laughs> has that affected oh, your outlook on interracial dating? That was for like oh. a week. I did not trust my boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> at all. Man. I would, that movie will definitely if you in a really in a relationship relationship that movie will definitely have you looking at your partner with some side eye. It the main, definitely will. And the main character's name was Chris, which made it even worse. I was just like, oh man. <laughs> oh, it was awful. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at you like, literally, yeah, most of the undergrad were athletes, and that end scene where she's like basically trying to find an athlete, black male, like a basketball player, a football player, they were like, yo, they like opened their eyes to like, there's girls that's really out here actually right. being choosy, trying to get 100%. Because yes. they think that mm-hmm. either they're going to make money off of me, they're going to have babies are gonna like something about the yeah they're a bunch of pygmies i know mm-hmm. i know a lot of uh athletes from my high school and college and like pro and thankfully the ones that i do know are fully aware of these girls poking holes in condoms turkey basters mm-hmm. trying to save semen oh you know God. they're yeah. out there yeah, yeah it's a real thing yep. it's crazy Crazy. I remember the first time I had a conversation with somebody about a turkey baster, and they're like, women not out here actually doing it. I'm like, yeah, but they are. <laughs> they really are. Like, how, I, you know, it's crazy. It's insane. I have a question, if you don't mind, Chris. Is okay. That, okay, cool. Um, just like for everyone, because we all like are interested with people outside of our race, does that ever mess with you though like emotionally and mentally like like, do you ever find yourself like if you know girls if you want to have kids do you ever think about like well if i have mixed kids how am i going to raise them or do you Mm -hmm. do you have the ideas to when you're like now if i see their family or how am i going to like does it ever cause you that like stress and anxiety that you and that and then because of that stress does it ever make you feel like oh maybe i should just stick with my race or like I've also had the stress of when I'm looking on like dating apps or whatever I sometimes I get scared and I'm like oh my god do I not like black guys because I'm swiping a lot and then I have to reassure myself no I just don't think that this these three guys were attractive yeah. like do you I ever mean, you only get the three for me I've been in a relationship for five years and- <laughs> and I don't see myself being with anyone else. But if I were, and they were not in my race, I feel like as bad as it sounds, I would have to think about the type of white or Hispanic or whatever man I'm marrying, because there's different types. They're open to different things. Their families are open to different things. And it would definitely depend on him how he acts, where he comes from, how they act, on how I would have to change the way I raise my child. Because um, I think that's all a factor, because you can have an extremely open and liberal or just free-flowing family, or one that still looks at you with the side eye when you go to family gatherings. So yeah. I think it would definitely depend on that. Totally. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, Cody. Go ahead. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, for me, m- my guidelines are basically whoever I date, no matter what the race is, they have to fully understand the black struggle and what that entails. Because at the end of the day, my father is black, a black man, my uncles, my aunties, my cousins, you know, I'm a black woman. And if they don't understand what is going on in society and if they're not woke as F and understand fully what's going on, then then there's no space for me to date them. Like I, I get a little bit like still really all my friends are very cultured and up to speed, but you know, sometimes I'll like let certain things slide with friends. But if it's somebody I'm dating, I'm definitely a lot more, uh, I guess strict, you could say on what I let 
fly because, like I said, at the end of the day, they have to fully be aware as well as, um, yeah, their families too. It's really important to me. Yeah, I think so, families also so hard sometimes because like oh, yeah. the person the person you're dating can be fantastic. They can be witted. They can be woke. And then you're like, but unfortunately, mom and dad and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, when you marry your family, like, you're building your own family, family but family is still attached. And they're not gonna I'm still going to have to invite them over for holidays. Mm-hmm. You still got to pretend like you like his mama's cooking. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the chicken ain't seasoned. Okay, that was mm. right. <laughs> there was uh, there was a time in college, and like I look back on it now, and I think it sucked. But I also think like oh, I dodged a massive bullet. Was there was a girl I was talking to for a few weeks, and I thought like, okay, this is going well, and she was white. And then when like I went, and I was like, okay, are we gonna like make this thing official? Or are we serious? Something like that. And she was like, I can't date you because my dad doesn't like black guys. And I've got that like. I have, I had heard that, you know, everybody seen TV shows or something like that, but like that first time experiencing like that crushed me. And but now I'm like, I'm really glad that didn't happen because if I had dated her and like, you know, it, it got even more serious. Like I have to deal with that for you know the next thirty, forty years. Like that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I had a situation. Oh no! Go ahead. Go for it. Go for okay, it. Okay. So. So for me, um, I haven't done a lot of interracial dating. I think I've only been interested in two guys that were not black, but that's mostly because one, the, my first example of how a man should treat a woman was my father. So I've always looked for guys who were like my father and it, it, it just so happened that the majority of the guys I come across are black because I've been, I've been raised in and I've lived in predominantly black areas. But also because I don't like, I don't see a guy and be like, oh, I see that he's attractive in the general sense, but I, I don't see as he's attractive and I want to get to know him. So the, the guys that I've dated, they've always started off as friends. I don't mm-hmm. feel any type of emotional or physical attraction to a guy unless we've been friends first and I've gotten to know them. So um, I don't really have a big issue in looking for and trying to figure out how I'm going to raise interracial kids simply because the guy that I'm with now, we've been together for almost two years. We were friends for six years before we started dating. He is black and he's it, that's it. I don't see anybody coming (laughs) after him. Unless we get married and he dies before me and I want to get married again. (laughs) At this point, he's he's it. Like I have not met any guy. I haven't dated a guy yet who who was more right for me than him. So that's it. Yeah, my my ex-boyfriend, was white and we were together for a little over two years and I thought I was gonna marry that man. And when I tell you that was a man who I never had to question ever if he loved me, if he cared about me, it was like one of, it was, it's the best relationship to date so far because we recently broke up. It's the best relationship that I've ever had. And part of me did feel like it was crazy. And and that's why I'm asking because I, I thought about it. I was like, okay, well, if I marry him, I mean, I'm thinking about like, okay, well, he's British, so we have to have a wedding in England, then we gotta have a wedding here, and then we have babies. What we're we gonna do, like, you know, you're making money. <laughs> but I, well, you know, I was like, we're gonna talk to God about it, see what he got in the budget. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but it was like, so I thought about that, and and and, but that's my, that's why I also feel extremely comfortable 
dating outside of my race because I was like, well, the person who has truly loved me inside and out the most was my white boyfriend. And also with him being British, that had a different level to it because race over there is a different topic. It is They don't have the same deep-rooted issues that we do. Like yeah. racism in America is different than racism anywhere else. Um, and so like, I would tell him things that have happened to me about just different situations. And he like, he's, he's just like flabbergasted. He just can't fathom that people would really look at someone as less than because of their skin tone. And like, it's, it's hard for him. And so when it came to my insecurities about being black and in white uh, society or in white areas, it was, that was a little hard for him to, that's where we had an issue sometimes because he, it was hard for him to, get where I was because he had never experienced it ever just because they, they didn't have that there in different ways. Um, mm -hmm. it, you know, so like, I remember we went, we went on a trip to Italy and there they don't normally eat dinner till like eight o'clock. So to see women dressed up for like a seven o'clock dinner is not very normal. Um, and also where we were in, there's a lot of Rocky road. So you also don't see a lot of women wearing heels. But so we had a dinner reservation at an extremely fancy restaurant and I'm wearing like this like fur coat thing that he bought me and I'm wearing a nice dress even though it's like past my knees and I'm wearing heels, but it's like seven o'clock and I'm a black woman on a white man's arm. So we're walking around mm -hmm. and I literally had someone say to me like escort, prostitute, like as we're walking through the streets oh, and like this woman like and they didn't say it loud and proud but like i literally like heard them i watched a woman like give me the full up and down and mm -hmm. i and i had luckily i had some flats in like my bag and i was like we need to like go inside i need to change my shoes and he's like what and i was like i need to do something and then we got to the restaurant i explained to him like why i did what i did and he was like i didn't even notice that and i was like of course you didn't notice that you aren't you looking to notice that I am black. These are I've been black my whole life. I I know that these things can 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 happen, and unfortunately, mm -hmm. it did. And then he was kind of upset that he didn't notice it, and that I wasn't more upset. And I was like, "This is my reality." Yeah. I took the risk of that happening, and then it did happen, and that's just what it is. But like, you know, that's one of those things where like, if it was a white man in America, I think it would have been a little different. But like, he just wasn't prepared for anything of that sort to ever happen because like mixed couples in England is extremely normal. So he never mm -hmm. thought that, that could happen. He's never been exposed to someone saying, I've been faced with racism, you know, so. Yeah, no, I have one quick thing to throw in. Uh, there was one instance where I met the person I was talking to at the time, I met their father and he straight up said, I love my child they will make decisions. I don't always approve of them, but they'll make their own decisions and do that. And was looking me in the eye. Like I very clearly was understanding that he was saying it because I was black. And wow. I had to have that conversation of like, we aren't going to go any further because your family will never see me as someone who, who like lives up to what they want you to have. And that sucks. Yeah, and, them, and them being like, oh no, well, I don't, I don't agree with my dad and I don't think we should. And like, I, I get that. And what we have is working for now. Um, it ended, but <laughs> right. there, there was that understanding for them of, 
you need to realize that that is where you're coming from. And if we go any further, your father will not show up to the wedding because he has made clear that he does not support the decisions that you are making. He's just putting on a face while you are around. If I get left in a space with just him and he can't talk to me, why am I going to subjugate? I can't say that word right now. Put myself in that situation. (laughs) Yeah. And also like that, it's that where you're like, you have to explain to them that not that it's not worth the battle, but sometimes you're like, I'm tired. Like, I don't want to have to fight for my existence to be okay just to date you. I don't want to feel that struggle every time you say, hey, we're going to my mom's house. I'll be like, they, that's the one thing they don't understand. They're like, oh, but I like you. And I'm like, okay, but you liking me is is not enough sometimes. If I want mm-hmm. to be accepted by your family, and I'm always going to know that no matter how much I like you, your family, who should be important to you, doesn't like me. Like, that's that's tiring. I don't want to. I, I don't want to struggle for that. I think it's for white people in general to understand that this is what we mean when we say privilege. The fact yeah. that you experience going to a family and them not liking you simply because your skin is darker than theirs, you'll never understand that. And it's like, they're always like, oh, I don't agree with my parents or, oh, forget what my parents say. Well, unless you're completely removed from your family, they're always going to be there. They're always going to be talking in your ear. They're always going to be looking at me like I'm less than when I'm with you or they just won't show up at all. And that's even worse. Like you don't want to like as much as you love someone, you're not going to remove them from their family because mm-hmm. like, yeah. they have to do that themselves. If they make that decision, kudos to them, because I feel like they should at that point if they literally yeah. if their family can't accept the person that they love. But mm-hmm. no one's going to force you to do that because it is tiring. We shouldn't have to. Yep. And if you know, it's not all, it's also not just like that privilege is not just with dating. I have told some of my white friends, like I've asked them, like, have you ever walked into a room and knew before you walked in that there's going to be somebody in there that doesn't like you because of your skin tone? And they were like, what? No. And I'm like, every time I'm like, when I, when I first started college, because I went to Wayne State, I'm like, when I started college, when I would start certain jobs, I knew I was going to be in a majority white area. I'm like, I already know walking in, there's, there's going to be at least one person that doesn't like me just because I'm brown. They could not even know what I am. I'm like, I'm not white, therefore they're not gonna like me. And like, that's, that's tiring too. And then they have to deal with somebody's family, like that's too much stress. And yeah, it gets, um, it gets really strange too, because like you sometimes don't know if someone's actually racist or if you're just like playing mind games in your head. It's like, did they stare at me? Like, what's going yeah. on? Because mm-hmm. I've been, I've been in situations where, like, I'm in my mid-20s, I'm going out to bars, I'm trying to talk to different women, and, you know, if someone's not interested, you know, when a woman's not black, you always have to think, like, oh, I wonder, was she racist? You know, if someone is black, doesn't like me, I mean, you know, okay, she didn't like me, you know, whatever, who knows? But, like, when it's someone that's not black, it's always in the back of your head, and you're always, like, you, you never, you're, and, you're, you're, and you'll never know either. You know, and I'm like, am I paranoid? Am I crazy? Like, this is what, like, white supremacy does. It's like, you end up, like, it makes you start to go a little crazy. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. That's the privilege of it all. Like, for all the white folk who are listening to this podcast, you will never feel that. You will never have to second guess, oh, did they not like me because I'm white? And when you do say it, 
you can immediately rationalize like there's no way they just didn't like me because of my personality because it is ingrained in literally everything that we do think say feel everything is yeah. boiled down to that point yep yep so i have a question for those of you that have been in um interracial relationships have you ever asked your significant other like if they have dated a black person before because Absolutely. i feel like that is very important because being the first of anything because of your race is not fun that's yeah. it's actually uh I, I i never realized like thought of that question i actually haven't i've never asked mm -hmm. my significant other whether or not they've dated um a black person or not i have i ask almost all the time <laughs> because i've been the first i've been the second i've been the whatever 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 um and i ask just because it prepares both of us i don't know especially like if i really think i can be with that person i'm like there's no better time to have this conversation then because like there's just there's certain things about being black that it's like i can't help like features and everything so it's like let's just get this out now and also because i'm like you know what let's figure out if you hear for me as a person or if you hear because i'm black that's true that's very true i'm like so let's figure it out but um like my ex i was his first black girl um that he had slept with that he had dated you know whatever and i was american so that was like new too um and there were things we talked about at the beginning but then there were just things that you know things naturally pop up down the road like um Obviously he loved my natural hair, had no problem with it. But I had to tell him one day, like, um, I had like my afro out and he was just staring at it. And he just he loved it and he was amazed, but like I had to tell him, like, your staring is starting to make me uncomfortable. At first it was endearing and now I feel like I'm a sideshow freak. So I need you to, you know, quit staring at me. Um and like but that was because I was the first black girl that he had just like seen in all like my beauty and like the natural me. So, um, but yeah, I've definitely had to talk. I've definitely asked them about it. I've definitely made sure to be the person to be like, having sex with me is the same as having sex with any other race. I don't know what to tell you, unless maybe the other race speaks a different language and they might say something different. It's all gonna be said. Chris, have you asked them? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I, I have. Um, and I think the last, I'm trying to think of the last time I asked, that was a couple of years ago, I'm trying to remember what her answer was. Cause it really could have gone either way. Mm -hmm. I want to say maybe that was the first guy, black guy she had dated. Mm-hmm. Is it weird that I just assume that I am? <laughs> Like I really, I think a part no. of the reason I never asked the question is I just assume with some of the people I've dated, like, yep, yeah, I'm probably the first, and just that is where my mindset is at. Especially where we went to college, no, that's not a bad assumption at all. <laughs> I, I think that was different to me. Is, like I was, like going to Wayne State was pretty diverse, so I did assume that people like that I wasn't the first. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I think all of my situations have just been a little, a little different. But also, I'm a person where I don't like to have questions in my head. So if I have a question or I'm wondering about something, I'm gonna ask. 
I don't want to sit up at night and be like, I wonder if I'm the first. No, I'm going to text them right then and there and be like, yo, am I the first? What's real? I'm like, I'm like looking at the list of questions and I feel like besides one of them, we have talked about all of them just by having the conversation go on. So I'm going to uh, go to the last one, which, you know, sort of Cody helped me formulate, but um, do you feel like you have been treated, and Maisha t- uh, touched on this earlier, do you feel like you have been treated differently in a doctor's office because of your skin color? I just, I want to speak first so everybody can have their platform because obviously I'm white passing, so that is a privilege of mine, you know, that I haven't, you know, endured because clearly, you know, that melanin there. Um, so that with that being said, I would love to hear everyone else's stories. I was literally in the doctor's office like five, six months ago. And first of all, I have asthma, so that's already a health issue for me. And I'm explaining to my doctor the things that I've been feeling because I haven't had insurance and God knows when. And he hasn't seen me since I was 21. And I'm almost, and at that time, I had just turned 26. And I'm explaining to him the things that I'm feeling. And instead of him, you know, running tests on me, he, he looks at me, he says, well, you have gained a few, you have gained like 60 pounds in the last six years. So maybe you should try losing weight first and then come and tell me how you feel. And it's like, one, I'm not even grossly overweight for even for my height. I'm not grossly overweight. But two, the things that I'm telling you are not necessarily weight related. Like I am telling you that I'm having pain in my back. I'm telling you that the asthma medication that I've been taking is not working. I am telling you that I get migraines sometimes out of nowhere and I can eat three healthy meals and go to sleep at a decent hour and exercise all day, but I get these migraines out of nowhere and the first thing you said to me, well, maybe you should lose some weight or maybe you should run some tests on me and see if anything is actually wrong. Okay. I, that is, I, yeah, luckily, thank God, I have never had issues with my doctor. My first doctor was black until I turned 18. And now my doctor is this really old, super tiny, like four foot tall white lady. And I love her. She gets up at five, 4 a.m. every day in cycles. She's amazing. But like, luckily, thankfully with her, she's very understanding and she listens. And I can tell that she 100% cares. And like, thankfully with that, my race has never been an issue, but um, I have like I have black female friends who have decided that they don't want to give birth because they are too scared that they would lose their lives. And that is so upsetting to watch someone who's like, I want a child. They want a family. A woman, a woman, woman has the rights to not have a baby. But like the fact that we can and you you feel too scared to use your body for to create life that you have the absolute right to because you don't feel like you would make it just because not that your body's not strong enough, but just because you think that the people that are supposed to be there to make sure that you make it won't care enough about you. Like, I told my boyfriend, I'm like, listen, we're talking marriage and kids, and I don't want to give birth in a hospital. Like, I want to be in, envi- in an environment where I am controlling the factors and what is going on with me because these doctors don't care. And black women are more 
likely yep. to die during childbirth. I'm like, yep. and if I'm forced to give birth in a hospital, then you, I want a black gynecologist. I want a black OBGYN. Okay. And I'm stipulating that I want black nurses. And I don't care if it makes somebody feel uncomfortable because this white doctor or this Hispanic doctor or this Asian doctor is highly qualified. They don't care about my life. And so I want somebody, and especially a woman, who mm -hmm. is in my position because she is my race and she know what it's like to be a black woman trying to get medical treatment with this health system. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. I wanna, Absolutely. I mean, and I think he thought I was joking until I broke that down to him because I say things in jokingly manners, but I think, I think, and I think until I broke that down to him, he thought I was joking. I'm like, no, I'm dead serious. And, and it's so like, and that's the other hard part is it's like, why does it only have to be black women that say this? Why are we the only ones that care about us? Why is it that, you know, you tell your, your black significant other and they're like, oh, you joking. Why would I be joking about me dying during childbirth? Why would I be joking about the fact that black women are the most likely to die? Like, why would I joke about that? Why would I think that's funny? I want to jump in there and give some historical context for people that don't know about how in this country, black people have been subjected to medical experiments and medical myths that have no scientific basis. It started, uh, well, one of the earliest things was Dr. I think his name was Thomas Hamilton, who in the 1820s and 30s had the uh, notion that black people did not feel pain and um, could, you know, withstand, mm -hmm. you know, surgeries without any anesthesia or anything. And he experimented on them to try and find out why. And that myth sort of persisted for a while. And then, like, I believe it was like Thomas Jefferson also had some of those thoughts. And so um, you had that continuing and all around at the same time, it sort of perpetuates the myth that, you know, you know, black people are, you know, stronger and, you know, more fit physical specimens and everything like that. And you go thicker. Uh, yeah. And, and you go with, uh, into the 1900s and you have the uh, Tuskegee syphilis experiments. You have Henrietta Lacks. So, you know, and, and there are hundreds and thousands of more cases and stories and we don't have the time to talk about all of them today. But it those myths still perpetuate today even without the symbol the the single instance of evidence where it's actually true mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i remember um in middle school um it was in health class and you know we were on um, non-infectious diseases but you know talking about things like you know like high blood pressure heart disease like you know illnesses and diseases like that and they were talking about uh one of them it wasn't high blood pressure but it was something else and it was just like yeah this it you know uh affects african americans at a higher rate than anybody else my health teacher like stops class and he looks at me and the other black student and he's just like sorry boys and then just keeps going into his you know lecture I'm just, like, I'm just like you didn't do this for any other race for any of the other ones that has a higher rate but you did that for us Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Speaking of, you can go first. did anybody yeah. see the post of the Ohio senator who was like, well, maybe mm. the African American community is contracting COVID at a higher rate? Sounds about because right. they are, 
they don't wash their hands or they're not clean yep. or whatever it was that he said. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you really sat down and this is the ignorant thing. It thought about this and this is the ignorant re- answer that you came up with. Not the fact that our healthcare system don't take our health serious. A black woman sitting in the hospital for hours complaining of chest pains dies because no one came to check on her. And at what all. Makes, and what makes that worse is he was, I mean, he lost his uh, privilege after uh, those kids, he said those statements, but he was an emergency room doctor. Imagine yeah. that being, being Imagine that being a doctor as a black person. I just have to say, I actually went to Ohio State, and um, I'm not shocked at all. <laughs> not at all. Nope. There's been, I mean... Why don't mess Ohio? This is why. I don't go to Ohio, I, man. Not at all. I remember when I was in school, I had someone ask me, he's like, I heard that, like, do black people have extra muscles in their legs that let them, like, run mm. faster? I'm like, mm-hmm. Lord have mercy. Or in their feet. Give me stop raising y'all at, in high school <laughs> and undergrad. And I was always fast, and I was always faster than the white boys I went to high school with. Everyone wanted to race me. Everyone wanted to say, oh, what's your 40? Uh-huh. Stop asking what my 40 is for one. And <laughs> then one day I was just, I, like, no one had ever seen me with, like, um, spandex on unless they actually came to attract me. And I remember I was at practice, and I ran back into the school, and I was in my spandex. And this kid was like, oh my gosh, Deja, your thighs are huge. And he's like, oh, it's probably because you have the extra muscle, right? I'm like, wow. What? I literally stopped dead in my tracks and was like, what? He was like, you black people have an extra muscle. That's why they're so fast. And I was just like, okay, let me me walk away from you because you already sound dumb. Like, I got some extra fat. (laughs) 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 I got a lot of fat. I just did not understand. I'm like, what? What made that come out of your mouth? Like, are you dumb? I you know what the worst thing is? It comes from the way that they're raised. It, it absolutely does. I went to Michigan State, and I I was in a mutual friend group, and me and this particular guy were not friends, but we had mutual friends. And I don't remember what the conversation was about, but I remember him trying to tell me, and he was a white boy from the Valley in California, and I just remember him trying to tell me about being black. And I'm like, sir, Girl. I'm black 365, 24 7, 365. And I have been since the day that I was born. How are you going to sit here and tell me what it is to be black, especially black in America, when you ain't never been black in America? Will never be black in America. And okay. at all, you will never walk in my shoes. He's like, well, I have. Well, actually, I have this one black friend. I don't care if, how many black friends you have. How many black <laughs> friends also, you have? A black friend. You are not black. You never have been black. You never will be black. You you're not black by association either. Oh, and right. also, this black friend of yours was not raised around other black people. Mm-hmm. I grew up being raised around predominantly black people so you cannot tell me what type of experiences I went through. Mm-hmm. They're having the Joe Biden symptom. That's what that's called. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Chris knows. <sighs> Ooh. 
That made me want to squeeze his old ass head. Like, oh, why would you? <laughs> <laughs> the problem is we keep nominating these old ass people that's already on like they yep. last breath um, anyway. Like they don't I give a short thing about He's what's our going on with millennials and Gen Z because they not millennials or Gen Z. They baby boomers and gen whatever generation came before the boomers. Chris, I think we're gonna have to do another uh, election podcast, and I uh, <laughs> I can really go in now. The primary is over. It's like these are not people. These people are probably a hop and skip away, jump away from the grave. Why are these the people running our country? Okay, I don't need that. Why are they? These candidates make me not want to vote. I'm like, you know, if I change my citizenship, then I can vote. If I could just be Canadian real quick, <laughs> I could get out of here. This, this I'm going to be a sovereign citizen. I'm going to just be a sovereign citizen and call it a day. Okay. No, this, no. this is a real life get out. We got to move. Time to evacuate. Time to, we got we to gotta try again. You know what? That's what it is. Black people, the first time we came here, we didn't have a choice. But now that we have a choice, I think if we pick right. We can start over, push the refresh button. I literally was just saying that to my friends. I was like, I wish that we could go to like a rural part of Canada because they have so much unused space and literally just like start over. It's cold up there though. We it is cold. cold. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, Cody, maybe your light skin can handle that cold. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I actually don't mind the cold. You have a nice farm. I personally like to cuddle anyway. So that's just another reason to cuddle with my boyfriend. Right, Mayusha, if you have a little vacation home there, we're going to come visit you. We're going to find us another down. place down on the other side of the equator that's got there a little heat go. to it. Oh be warm. God. I love Michigan for a reason. I, I can't do that. I'm a, listen, I'm a December baby. We already Same. cold. True, we really are. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm mean, born in April. So mm. I, 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 people don't even see that your birth. Even if your birthday falls before winter officially starts, people are like, "Oh, you a winter baby? You was born in December." It's like I'm really not. But since December cold <laughs> as hell anyway. <laughs> All right, and um, that was part one of um, this wonderful podcast. Um, we decided to split it up because it's really, really long. So stay tuned for part two where we delve further into some of these topics and have some group therapy. Thanks, and catch you later.